Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. A bonus edition of the Weekly Standard Podcast. We've grabbed Bill Crystal, dragged him away from the TV where the president just finished making a speech. Bill, your thoughts? Um, as an American, I'm sort of depressed. I mean, I, I hope this works. Or I hope the president you know, sees if it's not working, what he outlined tonight, that he will uh, do what it takes to defeat ISIL, as he calls it, or ISIS, or the Islamic State. Um, but what he said tonight was weak, honestly. And I'm glad he'll, it sounds like he's escalating the bombing, but no ground troops at all. Saying that ahead of time is just crippling, I think, to the effort. Um, and, of course, he seems to think the acceptable and desirable end state is something like Yemen and Somalia. Um, I mean, Somalia is not in great shape, to say the least. Yemen is a basket case. It seems to be getting worse. If that's our vision for you, that's the end result of using American force in the Middle East, it's pathetic. And I think it will undercut popular, popular support for what the president is trying to do. People will say, are you kidding? That's the best we can accomplish. Why is that, you know, in that case, why do we have to do so much? Maybe we just, you know, well, but he's not really asking us to do too much anyway, I guess, right? It's going to be a bunch of bombing raids when you get right down to it. Just throwing in Yemen and Somalia. First of all, let's face it, Americans aren't great at foreign policy. You know what I mean? As far as understanding the details, where stuff is, exactly how it lines up. Now, throwing in two more countries, and then opening a door in a conversation about what's really going on in Yemen, which, of course, is Yemen is a, you know, a great place if you are a terrorist to hang out. I don't understand how this helps with what I thought was the number one problem, Bill, the lack of clarity that people just don't didn't seem this morning on my radio show to have a sense of what it was the president even wants to do whether it's achievable or not i don't know that they have an answer still after the speech right well did he really clearly lay out what kind of end game he's looking for in iraq and syria i don't think so there were again he didn't partly because he can't given the strategy he's he's adopted and in that respect, the Yemen and Somalia examples are a window, I think, into his thinking. I think at some NSC National Security Council meetings, the smart foreign policy guys said, hey, look, Mr. President, it's counterterrorism we're doing. We're not doing counterinsurgency. We're not doing intervention. We're not doing nation building. We're not sending in ground troops. So this counterterrorism stuff, we can keep some of the threats at bay most of the time by a lot of bombing and hoping that some of the local armies we help will do a decent job of killing a fair number of the terrorists and at least stopping them from getting out and attacking the U.S. That's really what they told them in private. Then they wrote the Yemen and Somalia model into the speech. Um, and it really is, I think it's wishful even when it comes to Yemen and Somalia, the truth is. But when you're talking about Iraq and Syria, huge swaths of land centrally located in the Middle East, a really effective, unfortunately, brutal terrorist group that has shown much more capacity than the terrorists in Somalia or even in Yemen, and then you say, well, that's the model. I mean, to say it's playing defense is, is really uh, just the beginning of, you know, yeah. is, at best you're playing maybe effective defense for a while, hoping against hope that nothing gets through, so to speak. But this is not a serious strategy to win the battle. Telling Americans that we're going to turn Syria into Somalia is like right. my, my car repairman saying, I'll have this thing running like a Yugo in no time. I'm not sure that's a big on Iraq, I, yeah, I want I to point something out. Yeah, on Iraq, though, Michael, just it's unbelievable. What you think of Iraq was in pretty decent shape in 2008. We sacrificed a lot. We could debate the war forever. But for him to sort of accept that as the bar for Iraq, a huge country, an oil producing country, smack in the middle of the Middle East, I mean, uh, Syria as well, as you say, bordering on American important allies like Jordan. 
I mean, it really is an amazing, whatever the problems of Somalia and Yemen, you can sort of cordon those place off, places off or try to. It's really, the more I've thought about it, the more actually stunning it is that he bought this kind of facile comparison, which you, as I say, you can see some smart staffers sort of thinking, hey, that's kind of a clever analogy, and we do kind of terrorism down there. But of course, if you think about it for two minutes, the whole thing falls apart. And it really, it is really worrisome about what he therefore thinks he's doing with this strategy. And is that what he, is he going to resign us to just kind of pinprick airstrikes, maybe a couple of uh, bigger airstrikes, hoping against hope that the thing doesn't lead to, you know, destabilizing of the entire Middle East or attacks on Americans, either abroad or over here? There's also the question of, you know, confronting the reality. I, I noticed a couple times he said things that, you know, clearly polling doesn't back up. For example, he said, um, you know, thanks to what we've done so far, America is safe. A new NBC Wall Street Journal poll out today shows that a record number of Americans, almost half, say they feel less safe than any time since 9-11. And you wonder if the president's going to stand on TV and say something that is, you know, let's just say hard to defend with the facts <laughs> that are available. How do you inspire confidence that he has taken a clear-eyed view of the problem regarding ISIS, Syria, and Iraq, and is serious about a realistic solution. Yes, yeah, as if they advise the president, you've got to say they were safer because the poll numbers show people don't believe it, so maybe you can assert the opposite and move a few percent in the polls. What's depressing is these bad polls for him and the lack of confidence that things are going well in the world. It was an opportunity for him. It was an opportunity for him to... I mean, the American people is ahead of the president and saying, gee, we've got to make a change or correction, whatever your, your course correction, whatever your preferences were before, it, this isn't working. So I think he would have had a lot of support, bipartisan support, for really a strong, detailed uh, program to really degrade and destroy ISIL and to really make a commitment that this can't be, we've seen what happens when we step back too much and we can't let this happen again. But instead, the kind of counterterrorism a policy strategy he embraced. He used the word counterterrorism, I think, four times, and that is a word term of art. It means the kind of Somalia, Yemen stuff. It means you take, you say that you say about a certain part of the world, you know what? We can't either afford to send in ground troops to be serious to really make a major sustained commitment. Can't even if we won't even do sustained bombing strikes. We do occasional things. We do a lot of covert stuff, and we try to keep it under control. We make that judgment in a place like Yemen and Somalia. Maybe correctly, maybe incorrectly, because we think, well, you know what? They're small, they're isolated. We can sort of manage that. It's not, it doesn't require us to do war. The idea that he's now making that judgment about ISIL, about, about Iraq and Syria, is really pretty stunning, honestly. I mean, yeah. before, he may have been kidding himself, but he at least seemed to hope that the Middle East would be moving in a good direction. Now it's basically saying almost the entire Middle East is going to become a place that's just chaotic, terror-breeding, radicalizing extremist, and maybe with a lot of some airstrikes and some covert stuff and 750 American troops on the ground, we can just kind of, you know, prevent it from getting too, too, too terrible. Yeah, there was also, a, a, to me, a broader uh, challenge as a, someone who's listening to it, trying to figure out where the president is, where we're going to go, is he spent quite a bit of time speaking positively about things we've done already, you know, saying that we've already taken actions, our counterterrorism people have already been out there, our military has been doing stuff already, we've been working with our partners already, and you look at how bad things are, and I, one of the lines that jumped out at me that I think, Bill, might not resonate with the uh, international uh, foreign policy experts, but I think will resonate a lot with Joe and Josephina, you know, Smith just sitting 
sitting there watching the, the president speak is when he said, we have consistently taken the fight to the terrorists. And the things that spring to people's mind when you say something like that is obviously number one, the mess. If you're taking it to the terrorists, the terrorists don't seem to be mind, don't seem to mind what they're getting. But also when you've released five terrorists to get back one guy of a problematic background, when you've been trying to shut down Gitmo from day one, when you stopped interrogating the people that you do capture, when you didn't even go after the people in Benghazi, when you finally did get one of the people irresponsible, some ancillarily for Benghazi, you put, you don't even put him in Gitmo, you make him a defendant. I mean, it's just, it, people here were going after to the, to, were taking the fight to the terrorists and they go, what fight? To which terrorists? Yeah, no, I think that's a good point, and I, I guess I, I, I'd put a slightly, make it a slightly different but related point, which is you really implied at the first, which I think is very shrewd. You sort of, ex one would have expected the president at some point tonight to say, look, we've had a setback. We, we hoped and thought things could get better. We thought Syria, in Iraq, we thought Syria could be contained, um, and indeed, things have gotten worse. And look, that happens in the world. I take responsibility for it, and now here's how I'm adjusting. I think if he had said that, you know, his own supporters would have said, hey, okay, you know, not everything goes great. Bush adjusted with the surge. That was implicit, almost explicitly, an acknowledgement that he had been going down the wrong path for the preceding year or two. Uh, no one would have blamed President Obama for saying that today. The world's complicated. You make mistakes. You just. What's amazing is he, he won't acknowledge any error, any mistake, and therefore there's no sense of adjustment. And I do think that will hurt in terms of public support. If you tell the public, it's been going great, I've been doing the right thing, and here's a little more of the right thing I'm doing, and the public looks around and it's like, what are you going to believe, the President of the United States or my own eyes? You know, it doesn't look to me like things are checking along <laughs> a good path out there. Right. So I think that really is going to hurt him in his attempt to build support. Because now I think the public is going to rebel against bombing uh, ISIL, you know, terrorists, so I, it's okay with, with the public to, to bomb them, but two, three, four months from now, if they're not been set back, maybe they've checked for a little bit, and then they're still advancing in some places, then what? Then the president's in a deeper hole, and then he does have to rally the American public to do more, or he has to face really a dreadful prospect of this terrible terrorist group just taking over more and more of the Middle East. One last thing, uh, and it, it falls on what we were just talking about, the uh, president... Um, the 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 acknowledgement of a mistake. I had this fantasy, and I obviously knew it was never going to happen. But the president would come on and say, "Look, I had a foreign policy vision shared by a lot of smart people. We acted in good faith. We really thought it was going to work. It didn't. But we're Americans. We learn from our mistakes. And here's what we're going to do: learning from those mistakes. I think he would have gotten so much credit, particularly from frustrated independents who just feel like that you know they're watching a president who's not up to the job. And one of the worst things is when a guy's not up to the job, keeps doing the same thing, saying everything's fine, as you just pointed out. Couldn't he have made some progress by acknowledging a mistake straight up? In other words, politically, wouldn't it have been smart in addition to being helpful for the policy? Yes, very much so. And I don't think he would have had to have gone as far, honestly, as you and I would want him to go, which is to say my whole vision was kind of flawed. He could have said, look, this is, we've had some successes. Parts of it have worked well. He could claim it was working well for a while. He could say, but clearly in the last several months, this terrible, there's been a very bad turn, at least in this particular region with this particular group. And I'm not going to debate whether we could have done things differently in the past, but I am adjusting now. I am recognizing I'm doing something that I didn't expect to have to do, but I want the American, I ask for the American public support, and I think we can do it. And there wasn't that tone. And I do think that makes it uh, harder to watch that speech and have much confidence that the president is embracing a winning strategy. Uh, Fred Kagan and Kim Kagan just wrote a short post on our site on weeklystandard.com. They, they, I talked to Fred earlier today. He's a guy who's worked 
uh, in the region, in Afghanistan and in Iraq, in both the Bush and the uh, Obama administrations, volunteered to work with the military there. He really wants, he's not a particularly partisan guy, he wants America to win, obviously. And this post is written in a true tone of sorrow that this strategy is not going to work. And Jack Keane said something very similar, maybe not quite as explicitly, but very concerned just now on Fox. General Jack Keane who's a, really one of the best military analysts we have, and a really respected military leader. And he, he just, he, he did not look like a guy who was confident that our commander-in-chief has laid out a strategy that can succeed. One last question. If... President Obama knew with metaphysical certitude that sending in American troops would wipe out ISIS and prevent an attack on the U.S. homeland, would he send those troops in? I hope so. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. You've been listening to this bonus edition of the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.